sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour two of Fantasy Sports today as we're back on the air here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com for the next hour covering fantasy football, telling you who you should be picking up off the waiver wire if you're doing so in the next 24 or 48 hours. And, of course, tonight the NBA is back on in a crucial game for the Denver Nuggets who trail in this series two games to none. They have proven that they could come back and win, but they're playing against a multi time champion in LeBron James. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, back with you here, of course, on the show. And uh, and Joe, look, Denver has proven that against the odds, they can come back and they can win series. But I think there's a huge difference when the series is 3-1 as opposed to being down 0-3. And that's what Denver is staring at tonight if they don't win. Yeah, I think it's also different when you're staring across the court and seeing uh, the Lakers. <laughs> I think when you're down 0-2 and you're seeing LeBron James and you're seeing him get closer and closer to kind of fulfilling the narrative of why he went to L.A. in the first place, right? So uh, I think that's kind of the, even the the higher degree of difficulty here as the Nuggets try to stave things off. And, you know, we talked last week about, you know, if you have the self-respect for your team and things like that and for yourself, that when you go down 0-2, could the Celtics win a game there? And they did. So we'll see if the Nuggets could do the same here and win a game here and not uh, get to that 3-0 deficit because that is that's no good. That is no bueno. That tends to be the end of days. Yeah, and uh, and look, Anthony Davis hit an amazing shot in the last game, and he's, he misses that shot. Who knows? Maybe Denver wins. So can't rule them out for sure. They've been really good with adversity. That's where we'll start today on our headlines here on Fantasy Sports Today. It is Game 3 of the West Finals tonight. Make sure you go back and watch On Demand in case you missed our tip drill with Jeremy and Greg. They go over all of the DFS options tonight. You can find that over on our YouTube channel on sportsgrid.com. The Denver Broncos need to dip back into the player pool. like They're on waivers, too, just like us. And they've decided to sign Blake Bortles at quarterback. Now will be a backup to Jeff Driscoll. And uh, I personally root for Driscoll, of course, the former Gator. So I hopefully he does well. And I root for all the Gators. But uh, realistically speaking, Locke is probably the quarterback of the future. Although at this stage of where Denver is at, they've lost their number one quarterback. They've lost their number one receiver. And they've lost their number one A running back. How can Denver mm-hmm. possibly be asked to have a good offense the rest of the season Uh, I think that it's going to be unlikely. Uh, How about the Philadelphia Phillies? Their playoff lives are on the line today. They stand right now as the eighth spot in the wild card or the seventh, depending on the percentages. And they play two games today against the Washington Nationals. Aaron Nola will start the first game. They have to, at the very least, split, I would think, to stay alive in this thing. But they really could use two wins. And uh, JT Real Muto is back in the lineup for them today. Uh, Cubs lost Chris Bryant last night. Their manager, David Ross, a little bit worried with the oblique injury. Remember, if this is an oblique injured list situation, Cubs may be without him, not just for the rest of the regular season, but maybe even the postseason. So that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. They're, yeah. they're basically, at this stage, teams are not placing players on the injured list. There's no reason. <laughs> You're not calling anybody up. There's nowhere to go. There are a 10 day, the yeah. season is not 10 days uh, to go. And so basically it's, it's a mystery at this point. That's the way teams are approaching this right now. They're not telling anybody about their injuries. And then finally on Thursday night, who would have had this one? Jacksonville Jaguars are favored against the Dolphins. And Joe, they've earned it. 
They've played very well yeah. in their first two games. Miami has not. I would be careful here because the dogs are barking. But again, Jacksonville has a favorite <laughs> a month ago in any game. I would have said, how many games Jacksonville favorite? The over-under is a half. He would have said under. And here they are. <laughs> and you're right. They've earned it. Gruden's done a really good job there as OC so far. They've put up points. Uh, Shark's been quiet, but the numbers are good in terms of targets and receptions and whatnot. He's caught every single ball that's been thrown to him this year. So we'll talk about more about him uh, next week, but uh, actually tomorrow, excuse me. Uh, but, you know, Chenault's gotten into, involved a little bit. Keelan Cole's gotten involved a little bit. Uh, the running back, who knew uh, that James Robinson was yeah. going to be this good out of the gate? And he's been pretty good. So more often than not, when you get that guy and this catastrophic thing happens, I kind of remember back, you remember when David Johnson got hurt years ago and everybody ran to the waiver wire to pick up Kerwin Williams and I rolled my eyes and everybody was like, what are we doing here? That's kind of what Robinson felt like to me, but it's been anything but. He's been tremendous. The Jaguars have earned this. And I got to say, everybody last week was poo-pooing the Thursday night game, oh, it's the Browns and the Bengals and nobody wants to watch them. You know what? I want to watch this game too. I think this is going to be fun. Jacksonville's put up 60-something points in the first two weeks. I don't think the Dolphins' defense is all that great, so let's get after it. I think this could be a fun Thursday night game, like you're saying, in terms of wagering. I don't know. It could be just lighting your money on fire potentially, but in terms of watching football – I'm excited about this one, too. I can't believe I'm saying that. But I want to watch Gardner Minshew and all of his mustachioed glory go and take it to the Dolphins and continue to uh, blow the narrative of tanking for Trevor Lawrence because Gardner Minshew saying, this is my job and I'm not giving it up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really interesting. I'll go back to the same thing that I said yesterday. At this stage, from a betting perspective, and we could be running out of time on this, but you, and again, I'm an under better. I think there's always more value betting the unders than the overs because nobody likes to see an under. It's hard to watch a game and not root for points. But right now, I mean, you just got to keep betting on the overs on all of these games until we see something otherwise. I read a, a huge column today in the NFL where penalties being called are at an all time low through the first two weeks of the season as well. So all of these things are leading to more points. And you could be right. Thursday night could be another 31-27 game in favor of who knows who and who knows where. But every single one of these games is 50 points in the NFL. It's just it's unprecedented. So maybe it will be an entertaining game. All right, we'll be back with Antoine Staley. Who should you be picking up if you have Christian McCaffrey on the Panthers? We'll tell you next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today as we get ready for the waiver wire in fantasy football on Wednesday. Arguably one of the most important people that I need to speak to this week is Antoine Staley. You can follow him on Twitter. Of course, he covers the uh, Carolina Panthers and certainly is attending the home games. He's in on all the coverage on all of the meetings, the Zoom meetings that they're having. And so we've got to get some insight here from Antoine. First of all, Antoine, thank you once again for being part of the show today. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing fine, Antoine. Well, look, you know what, what my viewers want. They want answers here. And certainly uh, you were listening in on the press conference yesterday with Christian McCaffrey and him talking about his injury. How much can you tell us specifically about what he said, what the Panthers are saying, 
And if I have him as my first pick in my fantasy draft, when will I see him again? Okay, so we just got off the call with him probably about an hour ago, and he told us it was a he has, he's suffering from a high ankle sprain. So the diagnosis that he was given was anywhere from four to six weeks. So I guess if you're playing fantasy, uh, obviously that's not good because you're you're playing your seasons are a lot shorter than uh, obviously NFL seasons. But at the same time, uh, Mike Davis is going to be the guy for Carolina going forward. Also, I expect them to. Uh, also bring up Reggie Bonifant from the practice squad there, but Mike Davis should get a lot of carries, but McCaffrey say he's going to try to get back as quickly as possible, Uh, but it's definitely looking like he's going to be out at least a month for the Panthers. Mm, That's just a major, major hit, and and they've looked pretty good offensively, Antoine. It's been defensively. That's really given them a lot of issues, and so, okay, so let's go a little bit deeper here. So if McCaffrey is out, like you said, a month. And again, sometimes these guys are quicker healers, and, and all of a sudden in two weeks, Antoine, we're talking about him being back. Yeah, There will there will be replacements. I'd like to discuss both. Now, you mentioned Mike Davis, who came into the game and played a major part in the passing role, uh, and, and he basically amassed a bunch of catches toward the end of the game. I would ask you, though, Antoine, I saw Reggie Bonifon play last year when games were out of hand and it didn't matter, I thought he had a chance to be a pretty good running back. Am, am I crazy in thinking that, that that player in fantasy has to be picked up also in Davis and Bonifon? I think if you have both of them, then yeah, because I think you're going to see a combination of both. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is great in his own right, and they like the Panthers like to use him close to about 95% of the snaps, which is insane, but also uh, having two guys like uh, Mike Davis and also Reggie Bonifon, that gives them kind of like a power thunder option as well where they don't have to rely on one guy. So, yeah, if I'm definitely playing fantasy, I, I have to pick up both because they're both going to give you different types of value there. Now, now what, what happened, uh, Antoine, with Bonifon? Why did he not make the team and, and where, where did he go south for them because he finished so strong with them last year? Well, they just like Mike Davis. Uh, Matt Rule has spoken a lot highly of Mike, da- Mike Davis, and he also thinks he can be an NFL starting running back in this league. So they thought it would be best to just to kind of move on from Reggie Bonifant. Uh, and also, also put them on the practice squad there where they have the option, especially in a season like this, to kind of bring him up. And lo and behold, obviously, an injury to Christian McCaffrey, and they end up having to bring him up from the – they're going to eventually bring him up from the practice squad. And I imagine they put Christian McCaffrey on injured reserve. Um, in the next few days or so. Yeah, and, and when that happens, and and it may have me happening today, but as soon as that happens, then at that point we know that he's got to miss a few weeks. It's like I'm all I'm always very careful about this stuff, Antoine, with injuries. And Mike, uh, you know, Mike Thomas with the Saints was a really good example of that last week, where immediately he was out for weeks. Then all of a sudden he was almost back. Then we found out he was out. It's like these guys heal at their own pace, and so I'm yeah. very careful to. To say those sort of things. Okay, so uh, look, the Panthers this past week didn't really, I mean, I, I guess toward the end they started putting up a little bit of a fight against Tampa Bay, but they've started off the season 0-2, and, and honestly, I think that most people thought that would be the case. What are the coaches saying? What are the players saying at this point? I'm sure they're disappointed, 
but expectations were not super high going into the season for the team. Well, I think they're, they're kind of hearing the noise where people are saying this team is starting to tank or they should lose the rest of their games out to get Trevor Lawrence. And they're kind of fighting that. They're saying that they're showing resilience in the last couple of weeks. When you look at the game against the Raiders where uh, they could have easily stopped fighting there and they ended up losing by four points. And you also saw Tampa Bay. They got down, they got down 21 nothing early in the game and they were able to fight back and obviously uh, had a chance near the end before the Leonard Fournette touchdown. So they, they, so they believe they're showing resilience um, playing each week. They know they need to clean up some mistakes as far as the turnover. They turned the ball over four times. Anytime you turn the ball over that many times, especially with a young team is probably be pretty impossible to win that situation. So they're playing the chargers this upcoming week. They it likely it's going to be Justin Herbert. I would think is there. They have an opportunity to try to get some pressure on the young quarterback, something that they hadn't been able to do the first two games of the season. And this is really a big game for them because after that, they got the Cardinals and they got the Falcons. They got a really, really diff- more difficult schedule in their month of October. So this, you have to feel like this is a game they have to have or less this season can start to get away from them. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of wide receivers, we've seen pretty good connections for uh, Teddy Bridgewater in the several games. It seems like He's making an effort to mix it up a little bit with several receivers. So, honestly, Antoine, in fantasy, it is hard to zone in for us and just guarantee that we could start Robbie Anderson or start one of the receivers and definitely get a result. But do you think that can be the case as we move forward? Will he eventually go to one guy more often, or do you think that this is similar to the LSU offense in college where it's like the spread around type deal? I think they want to spread it around more. And I think now with McCaffrey being out, then you may see DJ, you may see Curtis Samuel be become more of a beneficiary of that. Obviously they like to use Chris McCaffrey and not only in their run game, but also their pass game. So that somebody has to pick up those receptions somehow. And I imagine that'd be Curtis Samuel along with Robbie Anderson, who's been their most consistent receiver this year. DJ Moore had a great game against Tampa Bay as well. So yeah, I think you'll see more, they'll more start to air more out a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I think you'll see Curtis Samuel and maybe on the tight end position with Chris Manhurst or uh, Ian Thomas get a little bit more touches as well. All right. Interesting names there uh, from Antoine Staley. Antoine, uh, the one thing that I've seen, at least in the NFL over the first couple of weeks, is I'm having a hard time, not just with the Panthers, identifying any teams that can stop anybody in the NFL this season. Is it the lack of fans? Is it is it the lack of noise at the end of the games? Because, I mean, look, the Ravens have played very well. I get it through the first couple of games. But as we saw in that New England-Seattle game, teams just going up and down the field, Philadelphia and, and, and the Rams just going up and down the field, Dallas, Atlanta. I mean, no one's stopping anybody this year. Any, any thoughts on that, why that may be happening? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Like back in 2011 when they had the kind of the lockout, mini lockout type year, you saw a lot of rough play, uh, sloppiness there. You're seeing that here where it was no preseason. There's really no offseason program, really. The players just came in. Um, in July, really got tested and started training camp soon after that. And it's showing. It's definitely showing that uh, the lack of tackling there, um, the injuries that are happening across the league there as well, and also the play. Um, I definitely think you're seeing a lot of teams get out to such a slow start, uh, and that's the benefit That's the benefit of that. I mean, the uh, unbenefit of that, actually. You got a team like the Panthers with a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, and also a new roster. Pretty much 40% of the roster is new. Uh, it's going to be some transition, and I definitely think that is a big reason why you're seeing some of the play uh, that you're doing. I think it's – I expect it to get better 
as the season goes on, but at least early on in the first month of the season, it's going to be a big transition for a lot of different teams around the league, including the Panthers. Yeah, and and let's wrap with this. As you mentioned, the Panthers are going to play at the Chargers coming up. It's a it's a later game on Sunday. Uh, so, Antoine, I'm, I'm assuming you'll be watching that from your house, just like me. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Chargers are seven-point favorites in this one. Is the coaching staff on the Panthers yesterday talk at all about the preparation for who they think will be a quarterback? I mean, you mentioned you think it's going to be Herbert. Is that just – I know what the I know what the coaches of the Chargers have said to this point. Uh, well, at the time, we didn't know Justin Herbert was going to – as soon as we talked to the uh, coaches after the game, then that's kind of when we found out Herbert was the guy. And we had no idea he was going to just put up a great game like the amount he did. And now I know Anthony Atlanta said Kyrod uh, Taylor is going to be the starter moving forward. But the way Herbert played in his first start and uh, that he's going to be a franchise quarterback anyway. So I, I would imagine he's probably going to end up playing on Sunday and probably here on now too as well. But no, there was yeah. nothing said there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, you know, certainly by the end of this show or maybe a little later, we'll have some more uh, clarity on that for sure. Antoine, thank you again for always giving me your time here on the show. And we'll definitely get an update from you in a couple of weeks on McCaffrey. OK, thanks for coming on. All right, thanks for having me. All right, Antoine Staley, follow him on Twitter for all of your Panthers news and information all football season long. We'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Pizapia joins me next as we dive in here on this Tuesday of the show here on Sports Grid. So make sure you stay on the grid. We're back in just two minutes. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's very easy to identify which players to pick up off the waiver wire, but maybe it's a little bit of a harder conversation to have with yourself on who you have to let go of. Because, again, we just had our drafts in fantasy football, Joe, a couple of weeks ago, and there are going to be some people in leagues that are going to make mistakes. They're going to cut players that potentially could be picked up. Also, you have to make the decision when you're going to pick somebody up for yourself. Are you making that wrong decision or right decision? And in a certain fantasy league this past week, Joe, there is a uh, player who may or may not have been the MVP of the National League a few years ago. And uh, in a league that I'm in, uh, we may or may not uh, have picked up one of the players on this list because that certain pl- that person ended up cutting one of these players that we're going to discuss here. So uh, that was part of the conversation that I had with my uh, co-owner in a fantasy league. And it's going to come up here very early on in this uh, in this segment. Yeah, hold on, hold on a second. Let me pick up some of these names here. You're dropping everywhere so we can continue on with the segment. Uh, it's great. Uh, but you know what? Here's the thing. It's under-discussed. It's really undercovered. Everyone's talking about who to add. And this is the biggest paper wire ad of the, uh, ever. It's going to be unbelievable this week. It's going to be so many names you got to know and all this stuff. But what about the guys on rosters already that haven't performed, whether or not you want to be cutting them? Or maybe there's some guys we should cut. And it is difficult. You pointed it out, Craig, that we did just draft a few weeks ago, right? And the problem is you had good feelings and you did your research, you did your homework about a lot of these players and you have them because a lot of that research and homework made sense. But so far, it hasn't necessarily equated onto the field. And that is the struggle where you're trying to deliberate between those two things. And are you seeing mm-hmm. where things are going with the team as opposed to where you thought it was going or are you just seeing a slow start? And that can be very difficult. But since there are so many guys out there on the waiver wire this week that do have relevancy, it's important to look at who are the guys you might be able to cut in order to pick them up. 
Okay, so let's take a look at the running backs. And one of these two running backs is the exact scenario that I was just discussing. It was not Cohen. There's a hint. So uh, Tariq Cohen <laughs> at this stage is basically at this stage, uh, is it 88% owned in fantasy leagues? Uh, 12 attempts, Correct. 53 is, yards. Yeah, he is 88% rostered, which means he's basically, you know, across the board. There are very few leagues that he is not okay. out there, uh, that, that he's out there and available. Yeah, and again, through two weeks, you would not have expected Montgomery to look as good as he has. And so, therefore, even with the extension that he signed, Cohen is still mostly owned in leagues. Now, in the league that I was telling you about, yes, uh, I reached out to my co-owner on this one on Saturday night saying, hey, look, uh, I don't understand why Matt Breida is not being used at all by the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to guess that that's going to change. And so... In that league, it's a 12-team league, Joe. We cut Ben Roethlisberger because we already have uh, a very – we have Matt Ryan, so there was just no reason for it, and it right. looks like the COVID is under control somewhat. So, um, you know, we thought, okay, let's just cut Roethlisberger. He's an extra quarterback, and we picked up Matt Breida. And so this is the baffling one to me. Cohen, not as much, Joe, because I think that as long as Montgomery is going good, then what reason would you have to play Cohen? But Breida is astonishing because he's getting paid millions of dollars to not play. And Jordan Howard <laughs> hasn't looked particularly good. And Miles Gaskin, who I loved at Washington, and I, and I think that he should get an opportunity somewhere. But once they brought Breida in, Joe, I fully expected, and I didn't draft Breida anywhere, but I, I fully expected 15 touches per week. You know, eight carries, mm -hmm. seven receptions. Me too. Nine carries, six receptions. But after week one, the head coach of the Dolphins, Brian Flores, basically said it almost said it was like a blind spot. Like, yeah, we got to get him more involved. And then again, a second week in a row, they did not. So I'm not going to cut Breida this week off that team, Joe, but I may after this week if he doesn't play. I don't know what's going yeah. on with him. Look, you're going to have a, a better idea after Thursday. And, and that's the sad part is we're getting really close. This is not one you have to wait for because on Thursday, if he doesn't have any action again, uh, then I think you start to have the conversation of maybe this was a guy that just looked really good in the Kyle Shanahan offense, which would not be the first guy to do that. And sometimes guys look really good in certain systems only to move on to other teams and not look like the same guy. And if that's the guy they're seeing in practice, then that tells you. And it tells you that Brita is not what they may be anticipating. And both guys here are getting paid. So Tariq Cohn's getting paid. Matt Brita's getting paid. Neither really producing. I think right now, if you're in a position to add a Daryl Henderson in your league, Right now, I would do that. I would drop both of these guys in order to do that because with Malcolm Brown's finger issue, with Cam Akers on the shelf for a few weeks, it looks like at least, there's, a, there's an opportunity here where Henderson could play as a flex for you. And I think you have to look at not just like how good is overall, but how good is my starting team? That's one big mistake a lot of people make in fantasy football too. Sometimes they're not willing to cut bait with guys for the sake or the greater good of their active roster. You need to get that active roster as good as you can get it. It is a sprint, not a marathon, the football season. So don't always be looking for the future, the future, the future. You have to kind of win the war of now, not like baseball where it's more of the war of attrition. Yeah, and I and I do see these two situations as being very different. First of all, with Cohen, he's returning punts. So he's very involved in special teams, and he's still on the field, regardless if he's not making an impact in the offense. Uh, Brita <clears throat> is not the better player, probably, but with the way that Miami is going and the assumption that Miami is, let's say, a 500 team or worse, which I think most people would have thought at the beginning of the season, Miami could have used Brita to move him in October. And they're just they're just not using him at all, and I'm just not sure why they even signed him. And, and again, 
it's and I understand what you're saying about the Shanahan offense, and that's probably accurate. But again, what's the competition here? No offense, we're talking about Miles Gaskin. Uh, Miles Gaskin know, should not be on what? the field over Brita, like that, like in, in any way, shape, and, or form. It just should not be. Happening. No, you're probably so, right. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You bring up a good caveat with Cohen, too. If you do get return yards in your league, and not every league rewards return yards, then Tariq Cohen has a little bit more value. But if you don't, and you see some guys out there like Russell Gage and Akeel Harry, and you need some help right now, but you're good at running back, I think you can cut Tariq Cohen. And I think you can cut Brita, too, because right now I think it's just getting messier and messier every week. And look, maybe it's wrong. Maybe Thursday he breaks out and we go, okay, there it is. But you know what? I'd rather be ahead of that yeah. curve than behind it because what happens is if you're behind it this week, there are a lot of good players out there that could potentially help you on your roster this week. And I don't think Breed is going to be starting for anybody this week. Right. And you can't cut Breed after Thursday in most leagues. You're going to have to hang right. on to him until uh, next week. All right, let's take a look at wide receivers and, and the Raiders. Brian Edwards at this stage looks like his name was bigger than the output. The you know, car is just locked into throwing to Waller over and over again. And so Edwards really hasn't been a beneficiary of much. Uh, Hardman on Kansas City. You know, this is somebody that's that's it's real obvious at this point. You're just waiting for an injury. I own Hardman in a league and, and I know I'm not getting anything. I'm not cutting him, though. I'm just going to wait because it is it is worth that dart throw at the end. If, if something happens to one of the other wide receivers, if Hill goes down or Watkins goes down, it's 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 like handcuffing a running back. I want a receiver in that offense if it happens. But the shocking one to me is that we could even be talking about Christian Kirk here. And what what's alarming to me is not, Joe, how in sync Murray is with Hopkins to start, because I think that that's acceptable and that can happen quickly. But the fact that Murray is running so much is has me a little nervous that there won't be as many opportunities for Kirk and Fitzgerald and even Isabella uh, because he's just taking it upon himself. And I'm wondering if Murray is just like, you know, I saw Lamar Jackson last year and yeah, he threw a lot of bombs and threw a lot of touchdowns, but man, you make your money off this running. And that's at least what we've seen from Murray. And if he's going to continue to rush eight or nine times a game, that's three or four targets going away from Kirk. And it's pretty safe for him to run because the way the rules are set up. So nobody wants to hit him. Um, it's a very different world. And, and we talked about this, I think, earlier. And I know I talked about it on game day. Basically, you're getting Kyler Murray for a $1,500 discount on FanDuel every week. And he's basically giving you a similar output to Lamar Jackson. So, duh. I mean, at this point, if you're not paying attention to that. But Fitzgerald's caught a lot of balls as well here in the early going. So Kirk is a guy that I'd like to hold on to. I don't want to cut him, especially in a deeper league. I would hang on to him. But the other two guys... I'm willing to cut right now for Russell Gage, for Nikhil Harry, for a couple of the other guys that are out there potentially um, in the wide receiving cores because I, I do think that although Miko Hardman, you're right, is that lottery ticket, if you start at 0-2, I think the lottery's done. You need to cash in yeah, that ticket and you need to get some money back. Yeah, I think if you're 2-0, you can wait. Uh, Brian Edwards was the most added guy that first week. Guess what? You know, Sometimes those things don't always work out, and so far it just doesn't seem like there's enough there to get – really excited about where there's some guys like Keelan Cole who might be moving up in, in those deeper leagues. And I think that's the kind of decision you got to make right now. Yeah. And that is fair. If you're two and O then you can make those easy sort of decisions, but also if you're Oh, and two with a McCaffrey or a Barkley, yeah, I mean, you may have to make extra moves to save your season. Mm -hmm. All right. Tight end. I can speak to one of these two because I'm an owner of Hooper in one fantasy league. I'm not, I didn't start him last week, but boy, I gotta say, I'm feeling like, like cutting this guy and 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 he to me he was one of the best tight ends in all of football last year 
for whatever reason, the Browns and tight ends are not a match made in heaven. And it looks like that through two games. Again, he's done nothing through two games and he's owned in almost 90% of fantasy leagues are just about over that. Now, Jack Doyle on Indianapolis, we saw Cox come alive. And Doyle has always been the two to somebody else's one, whether it's been Ebron or mm-hmm. or other players who have been there in the past at tight end. I forget if he was there with Dallas Clark or not, but it feels like he was. But uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Austin Hooper, I mean, can you cut him so early? I don't think so, but it's getting close, I guess. Look, I, I think if you look at the waiver wire for tight end this week, it is fascinating. Dalton Schultz is out there. Drew Sample's out there. Moelle Cox is out there. I'm not going to get excited about Jordan Reed. I'm not going to fall into that trap. But there's three tight ends there in offenses that are going to utilize the tight end more than the Browns are. The Browns are going to run the football, run the football, and then when they're done running the football, they're going to run the football some more, and that is going to hurt Austin Hooper. And so far, the beneficiary of the play action has not been Austin Hooper in the tight end position. So that's something you have to really look at and say, okay, how many targets is he getting? How much opportunity for fantasy points is he getting? And right now, he's not going to be getting a lot. And that is a hard conversation to have with yourself, but it's an important one because after this week, this is going to be a problem because you're going to have to make sure that you get productivity from the tight end position. Fantasy Reality is coming up next. Make sure you stay tuned, especially if you're a big fan of Sizzler. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy or reality here on Fantasy Sports Today. Of course, you can catch Joe every Sunday morning on game day. And Joe, I know it's always a very big Sunday morning in fantasy, but arguably week three in the NFL season, given the amount of injuries this week, people should be really tuning in Sunday morning to make sure they make the right decision. Yeah, it's potentially the most important start-sit week they were going to have because a lot of people's seasons are hanging on the brink right now. So Sunday mornings, 8 a.m., Matt Stryker, Joe Pizapia, and the Eric Young. We'll be breaking it down for you. We're going to get your DFS lineups in there, too. Go through every position on FanDuel, get you all set up there. Talk about those trades, talk about those trends, talk about everything going on there in the world of fantasy football. And and just real quick to circle back there, I know we kind of ran out of time with the tight ends. It's really crucial to understand this, and this is kind of Fantasy Black Book 101, and this is something that you you have to understand about roster construction and roster productivity. The tight end position isn't utilized by a third of the teams in the NFL in terms of fantasy. It's just not. Teams like the Patriots, there's nobody relevant there for fantasy tight ends. So you have a finite number of guys. And I understand people were excited about Jack Doyle, you know, excited about the prospect. And even I thought, hey, look, Austin Hooper's value is getting suppressed so much that he's become a value where you take a shot. You took a shot, it might be wrong. And what you have to understand is there are teams right now like Cincinnati that is using the tight end a ton. This is why Drew Sample is important. 124 targets last year went to the Cowboys tight ends between Witten and Blake Jarwin. Guess what? Witten's gone. Jarwin's gone. Schultz is a good blocker, as Craig and I were talking about. We got some good uh, news about him being a good blocker. That means he's going to be on the field more, taking more snaps. These are things that are really important because if he's on the field, he's going to have more opportunities to potentially catch the football. So, look, there's a finite number of tight ends that can be productive in fantasy. And if you've made a decision that happens to be wrong at the tight end position, there's no reason to wait. This is the week to hit that position hard. Moelle Cox is out there. Sample's out there. uh, Schultz is out there. Those are three guys. And if you're really desperate, you've had injuries, you just need somebody to plug and play and you want to bench Doyle or bench Hooper, 
then maybe you get one more good week out of Jordan Reed before he gets hurt. Maybe you do. I don't know. Anything's possible. But you have to be very careful. Tight end is not like the other positions because some teams just flat out don't use them offensively to begin with. Yeah. All right. Well, let's touch on some of these topics here in fantasy reality. And we'll start off with question number one for our Tuesday edition of the show, which focuses around scoring in the NFL. It is at an all time high through two weeks. Penalties are at an all time low through two weeks. There is a sentiment going around that the the referees are being told not to call penalties unless it's egregious. That has led to a ton of scoring on every team virtually. Fantasy reality, Joe. The two weeks that we're seeing are real. This will be the highest scoring NFL season of all time. I'm going to say reality. I think I like this. I I like putting the whistle away. Look, there's holding on every play. If we call it on every play, you're going to ruin the game. If it's egregious, you call it. I think everybody, Matt, and I like this. And yes, you could look week one last year, week two, two, one this year, uh, 2019. You see difference in the amount of penalties and the amount of calls alone that have been called and there's no way to think it all of a sudden it's cleaner football without a preseason no what's happening is the referees are putting away the whistle and it's to our benefit which means you got to be careful now because a lot of the overs look like much better wager i'm going to say it is going to be the highest scoring season and it's also due in part the evolution of the quarterback position too because we're seeing a new quarterback here with the Lamar Jacksons with the Kyler Murrays with the rejuvenated Cam Newton. We're seeing a more athletic guy behind center, and that is going to lead to more scoring. That makes them much difficult to guard. For all of those reasons encapsulated, without a doubt, we are looking at possibly a record in the NFL for scoring. And my fantasy leagues, thank you already because it's fun to watch and fun to play. Yeah, I'm going to say reality, but again, we would have to have some caveats with a few different things happening. The first is, is that we're going to be hopeful that the injuries that we saw last week don't happen again, because clearly that would certainly change the equation. And of course, the second is still the cloud of COVID that's hanging around. And if quarterbacks were to get hit with this in one way or the other, that would certainly change things. But I agree on the surface with all of those things not happening. I think it is a reality. And outside of As you mentioned, the Chargers, maybe the Baltimore Ravens, potentially Pittsburgh, although I wasn't all that impressed with them defensively this past week. You're talking about only three or four teams in the NFL that are playing a lick of defense, and you have 20 teams that are not playing defense at all. So it does look like that is the trend. It looks like that's where we are headed. All right, the New York Mets and Philadelphia Phillies have been pretty much disappointments this season, perhaps the Mets more than the Phillies, who can get eliminated tonight. The Phillies, on the other hand, are still playing for a potential postseason berth, and they are in the driver's seat for that as well. There has been some scuttle that with the new ownership in New York that maybe they would choose a new general manager, and certainly on the side of Philadelphia with the lackluster bullpen, the trade of of acquiring JT Real Muto for Sixto Sanchez, perhaps there could be a change there. Fantasy or reality, Brody Van Wagenen, and Matt Klintak, their respective signal callers for their Major League Baseball teams, will be back in 2021 with the Mets and the Phillies. Fantasy reality. I got to break him up individually. Van Wagenen, fantasy, he is not coming back. No, no, he is not. New ownership comes in, cleans house. That's what we need to do. We need to get out, you know, those guys that come to your house with the big giant, uh, you got junk things or whatever. You got to do that. You got to back out that truck. 
you drop it in the backyard of uh, City Field somewhere there, and you start piling executives in there. You start piling scouts in there. You just start piling all kinds of stuff in there, and then you move on, and you try to clean up the organization, and you move forward, and hopefully somebody will score runs for Jacob deGrom sometime in 2021. The other guy with the Phillies, with Clintech, I feel like he's done everything he possibly can. He has spent the money. He has wooed the free agents. He's made tough trades to bring in major league proven talent. And then some things just didn't work out. Some of the bullpen moves they made did not work out. And, and there's always so much money you have to go around. They had Zach Wheeler, I think, pretty much worked out. I think that he deserves another shot. I don't know if he's going to get one. I'm going to say reality, he comes back. Fantasy, Brody comes back. Because I feel like it's not really Clintac's fault altogether. And he didn't even try to acquire Workman. He's continuously trying to fix the problems and fix the ills. But at the end of the day, there were just too many deficits, unfortunately, for him. And I think everybody thought the DD signing was good. I thought everybody thought that the Segura action was good. I think he's done a lot of good things. JT Muto is a great player. You bring him in. It's tough to watch Sixto Sanchez pitch right now <laughs> if you're a Phillies fan. That's going to stick in your craw for the next six years or however long he's going to be there for the Marlins, potentially, because you have to watch him now pitch against you. But I don't know, Craig. Do you think they get rid of both these guys? Go. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a reality. I think you're, you're not going to like what I have to hear, but I think they're both going to be back. And, oh. and the reason why I think that is that because it's a shortened season, and with everything that these teams had to go through, I think that a lot of guys are going to be given mulligans in this situation. And I think that in both cases, uh, both will be given mulligans. I would say this. We know where the Mets stand, and Brody's been there for two years, and clearly the job is not done, but you can't say that he's done a great job either. <laughs> I, think that that, I think that that's evident. But on the Phillies side, I, I, I actually think that Klintak is a little bit at higher risk only if they don't make the postseason. If they don't make it at all with that mm. payroll and everything that they're doing there, with those moves that you mentioned – then something is going to have to change there. But again, it's only 60 games. It's hard to look at an executive and say, you did such a bad job given the circumstances of what the season was. Your point is fair. New ownership comes in. It can be very easily done, and no one would skip a beat. They would say it's a new owner. They have a right to do whatever they want, and that certainly could be the case. But I will say reality. They're both back in 2021. And Van Wagenen had the Beltran thing too. Let's not forget that. You know, that's under his watch, too, where you hired Beltran and you had to have done the homework where you had to know what was going on there. And that was kind of a black guy. I know it was a long time ago. It was all the way back in January and February when we were dealing with that story. Wasn't life simpler back then? Remember all of that? But, you know, the man- you hire a manager and then you have to get another manager in there because I don't know. It just, I, I think you're right. I think Clintech deserves kind of the benefit of the doubt because of the 60 game season. I actually do. And I do think that they've, they said, system here i think guys like spencer howard and alec Baum. this is a good team and i think they will be competitive it's just the bullpen and the injuries and all of that just didn't work out for them but brody i don't know maybe he's like brody already is kind of throwing salvos out there that he kind of wants to get back into the free agent uh world and maybe you know, he back, stands to make to more money doing that yeah i mean it's the first place I don't. It's a lot yeah. less work, I'd imagine. <laughs> it's a be, it's a better gig. He runs CAA. Him and Jeff Barry. It's uh, you know one of the best in the industry. All right, uh, here we go. Final story here, and uh, really sad to see that uh, Sizzler, the restaurant Sizzler. I'm sure you've heard of it if you've watched it, and if you watch this show, we talk a lot of food here usually at the end. And unfortunately for Sizzler, 
with the pandemic and everything else happening, people, of course, not eating at restaurants as much as they used to, not even close. Sizzler had to file for bankruptcy. We could be seeing the end of the Sizzler Steakhouse, Joe. Fantasy or reality, you have eaten at a Sizzler in the past two decades, 20 years. Fantasy or reality? First off, I just want to give a giant shout out to Brett Levy because this picture is just, it is delicious. Excellent. Well done. Right from White Man Can't Jump, that whole moment with the Sizzler. We're going to Sizzler after the bet. Uh, That's just great. Like, uh, talk about thinking outside the box. Well done, Danny. Well done, I did not see that coming. Uh, I did not see it coming either, but it deserves a shout out because that is a tremendous pull. Well done, boys. Well done behind the glass there. Uh, I'm going to say that, first of all, uh, the answer to this is I have never been in a Sizzler. Not ever. Uh, Just never have. Uh, Not that I don't like seafood. I do. I've just never been to a Sizzler. And uh, so, yeah, it's fantasy. I've never been one in the last 20 years. Never been in one, period. And uh, apparently I won't be going to many more. And I understand why it's kind of tough, I imagine, you know, when you're dealing with fresh fish, we're dealing with lobsters and things like that. The shelf life's not very long. I'm sure a lot of people don't have a lot of to-go seafood or delivery seafood. It's probably not the easiest thing to be moving back and forth with Uber Eats. So I'm not surprised. I guess the only question is, is Red Lobster next? Have you ever been to a Red Lobster? I think once. I think okay. once I've been to yeah. a Red Lobster, but I've never been to a Sizzler. I, I, I'm going to say that uh, fantasy, I have not been to a Sizzler in the last 20, uh, 20 years, but I think that there's a chance in the last 40 years I've been to one. I, I, I don't remember, but I, I'm pretty sure that I've been to one before, but it we're going on a minimum of 30 plus years. So fantasy for me for the last 20 years, but reality in the last 40 which is sort of dating myself, telling you how old I am here on Fantasy Sports Today. Okay, on that note, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick timeout. we got the Sports Grid 60 coming up next. Don't forget, make sure you stay on the grid the rest of the day. we got Scott Farrell going coast-to-coast coming up a little bit later on, and, of course, our in-game live with the latest on the Lakers and Denver Nuggets. Make sure you stay tuned to that. Also, as a reminder, all of our shows here on Sports Grid, guess what? They are live 24 hours, but they're also on demand. Maybe you're watching one of our on-demand versions of our show right now on YouTube. And if you are, make sure you like and subscribe to our show. And make sure you also keep in mind that if you set your notifications to on, as soon as a new show gets posted over on YouTube, we will automatically send that to you. So it just kind of pops up on your phone or your iPad or Android, whatever you have. So make sure you do that as well. Uh, Also, tomorrow's show, we will have Pro Football Doc Dr. Chow. He will be on with us, and certainly we're going to break down everything going on in uh, fantasy and reality. And, Joe, certainly we're headed toward the direction of having to make some key decisions as far as injuries are concerned also. So at the quarterback position, we're going to be looking at questions answered on Tyrod Taylor, his injury, how long will Christian McCaffrey be out, will Michael Thomas end up playing, what about Cam Akers of the Rams? Plenty to get to with Dr. Chow tomorrow. We'll wrap up the show next with the Sports Grid 60. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up in the final couple of minutes here of the show, don't forget you can catch us tomorrow and every day during the week from noon to 2 Eastern 
right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. We talk fantasy, wagering, and everything else. And hopefully you guys can take advantage of some of the information that we're helping you with. Speaking of which, let's turn it over to Joe Pizzapia for his SportsGrid 60. Joe? The NFL came down and came down hard on the coaches for not wearing a mask. Vic Fangio, Kyle Shanahan, uh, and also Pete Carroll. And there's some rumors Belichick might be in this before the day is over. A $100,000 fine for not wearing a mask. Now, I think it's great that they're saying, hey, we're taking this seriously, especially how much interaction that the coaches have with the referees and how close they are. If anybody's getting in someone's face, it's a head coach. So, yeah, they should be wearing their mask. And I don't know why it's hard to do. If you have to take it down for a second and do something, okay. But we're trying to protect everybody here. But $100,000 and two hundred and fifty for each team, that is a lot of money. I can only imagine that everybody's be running out and getting the latest fashion craze, which is the Andy Reid mask. Because I think we can all agree the Andy Reid mask gives you all of the flexibility, all of the visibility, with none of the uncomfortableness of the mask. So Andy Reid, yet again, a pioneer in and of himself, moving the ball forward. I actually uh, have one of those shields. Uh, we have a few here in my house. Uh, we have a few shields <laughs> Do here. You? Um, I've worn, I've worn I'm, them a couple I'm times. <laughs> I I, I I would look so ridiculous with my bald head in that shield. I can't even imagine, but uh, yeah, I'll do it for TV. I don't mind. It, I like to be stupid. It doesn't bother me. The shield and the mask is a lot, but it, you know, it's 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 worth doing for sure. Um, you know, in, I, I want to end with this. You know, we we get calls all the time on our phones, and you probably have gotten one of these before with some sort of scam where you have to go to a local Seven Eleven or CVS to pay the uh, IRS ten thousand dollars, and you're you know. They actually get people that are stupid enough to be able to do this sort of thing. Uh, but I would tell you that there's an opportunity out there for all of you who are watching, which is basically to reverse this on your scammer. Um, keep them on the phone for a long period of time. Pretend like you're actually going to do this, because if you hang up very quickly, they know immediately that you're not falling for it. Have fun with your scammer and turn the table. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to my co-host, Joe P. I'm Craig. See you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.